Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is Eric. Before we get started, I just wanted to to say that um, this episode was recorded a long time ago. It was recorded back in 2020 when COVID was still at its height. So a lot of the things that we mention in this podcast are uh, either news that was proven uh, different at a later time or uh, just a situation that is not relevant today, but we still wanted to release it because it's the first episode and it's kind of like a, a get to know us. So I hope you guys enjoy and um, yeah, I'll let you get to it. Hi, and welcome to the Will You Survive podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Eric. And we're going to be going over all things horror. We like to start with a little bit of a zombie pandemic in light of the current situation that we seem to be coming out of a pandemic all across the nation. Hopefully coming out of. Well, according to some of the experts, we're going to be stuck in this for years to come. <laughs> so while we're at it, we'll go ahead and talk about ways that you can survive in this type of a situation. We'll pull up some specific instances uh, teeing off of some of our favorite movies. Um, one of the, the favorites that I like to research is Dawn of the Dead. Not the George Romero 1978 version, but the uh, 2004 Zack Snyder version. So in the 2004 version, why I like to pick that one is because they use a far more uh, fictional but far scarier zombie. Uh, they're the type that run at you at full speed and never seem to get tired. Yeah. Wait, hang on. Is this a movie where... Okay, I re I'm remembering a zombie movie. All of these of the dead movies kind of get mixed up in my head. <laughs> but um, I do remember there was one where there was this one intelligent zombie. He kept getting smarter and they like walked through a river like... I think it was like New York. Uh, I don't no, remember. You're talking, you're talking about Land of the Dead. Uh, that is all these also, of the Dead movies. That is also of the same series. That is one of the later sequels. You're referencing the zombie Big Daddy. Yeah, yeah. He was like that one. He just kept getting smarter and he kind of like became the leader of the zombies. Yes. He taught them how to wield weapons and they ended up attacking the humans. Yeah. That one didn't seem to uh, bring as many frights as Dawn of the Dead, because Dawn of the Dead had immense and incredible jump scares. Now, we'll get into that. Uh, first, we want to be able to talk to you all about some of the more important factors of surviving a pandemic. Now, such as the need to not buy 40 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> well, I mean, you you can order 40 rolls of toilet paper. I don't know that that's going to help you as much. You see, uh, luckily for us, our wonderful government has uh, saved us with the CDC launching a zombie preparedness blog and website. Wait, is that a real thing? That is a real thing. I'm actually looking at it right here. You can go to the cdc.gov and there is a blog site where it can tell you about your emergency plan. Shout out, baby. You tell you your emergency plan, such as identify the types of emergencies that are possible in your area besides the zombie apocalypse. Obviously, I'm reading this from obviously. the web website. This is from the CDC. That's crazy. I didn't know the CDC actually had a um, a whole thing dedicated to a zombie apocalypse. 
No, they, they absolutely do have the zombie preparedness and they cover things such as water. You want to have one gallon of water per person per day. Uh, food, stock up on non-perishable items that you eat regularly. Medications, of course, prescription is uh, important. Non-prescription as well. Um, you're going to want a, a lot of aspirins and uh, ibuprofens, anti-inflammatories. Yeah, I imagine that'll be pretty valuable. Of course. I mean, people will, will be able to trade. I'll tell you one of my, my favorite things to uh, consider in this genre is if you stock up on nothing else, don't stock up on ammunition or money or any of these tangibles that can be worthless in no time, but stock up on things like drugs, alcohol, and tobacco. Yeah, we used to play Dead Island together and uh, and Dying Light. And I don't know if you remember too much, but in Dead Island, one of my biggest pet peeves of that game is that money is the main currency. Right. And I always thought that was kind of stupid. And I always thought it was really dumb when I would see, I would go to Old Town and I would find these vendors who were like, oh yeah, I'll sell you this, but for $6,000. And I'm like, what do you need $6,000 for? <laughs> what are we going to use this? As if everybody on that island is still going to be using a government currency. And the yeah, same thing no way. In, in our situation. I mean, if you take a look at, at the beginning of this pandemic, March of 2020, when we got hit in the United States, everybody did run on toilet paper. Yeah, which was so weird. It was so bizarre because, you know, <laughs> I would have expected Kleenexes 100%, but Kleenex, Kleenex didn't even run out. It was toilet paper. I'm, I was so confused by that. I yeah. still am. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you were to think about it, though, funny enough, if the government did collapse, if this was a real zombie apocalypse and the government collapsed, guarantee you toilet paper would become a commodity. Yeah, 100% because it would be that of leaves. So yeah. It's a luxury. Mm -hmm. It is a luxury it item. Definitely is. There's a lot that we kind of take for granted that I kind of think about that when the zombie apocalypse hits, like forget sleeping on a comfy bed. Right. That's it. You're you're always sleeping on the ground or if you're lucky, you might have a sleeping bag. Right. And you know, the the basic comforts of long nights sleep I mean, oh, the, yeah, no, you're every second is like you're fighting for your you're survival. Paranoid. Yeah, you you're at any point, something could run up to try and eat you. Yeah, so exactly. like it, there's only so comfortable you can get without getting careless. And how much do you sit there and dream about? Being oh, yeah, eaten? I can't imagine you, all the nightmares. You would never get a good night's sleep. I mean, unless you thrive off of chaos. I, I know a few people who might actually do just fine. I, I, I kind of like some of it. Um, I do like having zombie dreams. I have the weird tendency when I wake up after a zombie dream of trying to go back to sleep. I have that same thing. You know, I I really do. I like zombie dreams, too. But I think I would like them significantly less if I knew zombies were like actually there. Well, that's true. <laughs> like when I woke up, they weren't gone. Now, I, I also do. I, I And the reason why we're having this uh, podcast is because. I do go outside of my apartment at 2 a.m. to go take the trash out, and I automatically start thinking, what would I do if, if I saw a zombie? What would I do if a zombie starts coming at me? Well, I, I do notice down the hallway there is a, uh, a fire extinguisher in a glass case. I'm going to break that thing out. I'm going to grab that fire extinguisher, not because the extinguisher is going to do anything to them, but it's a blunt object that you can hit something with. Now, Ironically speaking, back to the CDC website, they actually have a lot of items on here, including tools and supplies, sanit sanitation and hygiene, clothing and bedding, uh, taking your important documents, and of course, first aid aid supplies. Not because you can survive a zombie bite, but because you're going to get cuts and yeah, scratches yeah, from normal things. I mean, if you don't get bit, next, I would say the next worst thing would be infection. 
I mean, imagine the, the, the absolute irony and devastation in that. You survive years of the zombie apocalypse. You die from a cut. Die of an infection. That a hangnail. Suck. Oh my God. What, what do we do in, uh, this type of a situation? Well, let's look a little bit at what we went through, what we saw. Um, I do really believe that this country is quite doomed if something as catastrophic. I, I as the was thinking that. Came. I think America really proved that we do not handle crisis situations that well no. at all. No, we did not do well. You see, if if we do, um, and you guys, everybody should go to the CDC website and pick up some of these things because if you're not prepared when a pandemic or an emergency and that is the funny thing about these things these are good for any type of emergency not just a zombie apocalypse if you have a fire an earthquake a flood anything if you stock up on the items that they give you you're going to be prepared Mm -hmm. and if you're prepared you're not doing what we did here in america in march of 2020 you're not running on the store at the last minute trying to get items to survive yeah and not just toilet paper of course but going out and getting your your food Mm -hmm. uh, water if if you remember a lot of things were taken off the shelves at uh uh, during that yeah hand soap was one of them too they took off hand soap because people were buying i like that was another thing were people not washing their hands before Uh, i mean like this was a common meme i know it's kind of a dead meme but like for real that still baffles me were yeah. people not washing their hands before? Why did it suddenly start selling so much? I mean, I've always been a little bit of a germaphobe, so I've been socially distancing since before it was cool. <laughs> uh, shout out, Corinne. I must also say, I definitely think the six foot rule should just kind of be like a general society rule. Like when people are like, oh, now when I'm walking down the street and I see somebody, I, I step to the side to give them space. Like, I always did that. That's just polite. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if it's because I grew up in the South and like the South has manners and, you know, <laughs> California doesn't. But I I grew up where that's not uncommon. You give people their space. You, you step off to the side and let them go. Another example of that is uh, I was walking down the back alley to come in the back entrance and um, someone waved while driving by. Right. They waved to me, which I, I was I was with the Biebs, uh, with the baby. And um uh, I was holding her and when they waved, I, I waved back kind of instinctually. And, and then I realized it and I, I, I was telling the baby, I was like, hey, that they might be from the South because that's not a California <laughs> thing. People don't just wave to you here. Like that's kind of a no Southern reason. thing. Yeah, just to wave to be friendly. That's you don't see that too much. It was kind of nice. No, it, and some things have changed for the better. Some, not too many. I think everybody's a little socially awkward now, so we're kind of at an even playing field. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of socially a socially awkwardness, social awkwardness, and I, I do think that we've proven in a situation where pure chaos is going to reign. Uh, let me jump around a little bit. One of the the movies I'd like to talk about in a, an upcoming podcast is World War Z. Oh, I love that movie. They show an excellent example of pure chaos. Of everybody running on the store. And that's another thing that I, I bring that up to say, that's why you have to be prepared ahead of time. Yeah, so that you don't have to go loot and, to right. get a, an inhaler for your daughter. You're not going to the store to make sure everything's okay. You are going home when everything's going crazy. Yeah, like that one family and did that's in World right. War Z. They were ready. They had everything. And, uh, you know, the other thing that, that we will get into are things such as, should you stay put or should you be on the move? Um, 
there's not a blanket answer to that because if you're in the city, you're going to want to get out. For us, I always kind of think about that. You know, if it all broke down right here, we're in the greater Los Angeles area. We're close. We're still considered in the city. Right. Um, uh, I like our apartment building, though, because I like like a lot of apartment buildings here. The ground level is the lobby and the um, the parking garages. Yeah. Yeah. which those could easily get zombies in. They break glass, they're in the lobby. Like, that's not safe. But they would have to know how to use an elevator. Right. Or the elevator would have to even be working. Which, um, in this situation or any other type of situation, what we do we is cut we the call elevator. the elevator up and prop it open. Oh, oh, that's good. I, honestly, I was going to say we cut it. Because what you, use for the elevator do we really... If you have access to the panel, to the electrical panel, we do. Our electrical panel is actually down in that parking garage, so we'd be in a really bad position to try to go down there and cut it. We wait until the power in the building, uh, the, the grid goes, goes down, yeah. because it's going to eventually. Now, what I've kind of, what I really like about this parking build, or not this parking, sorry, this um, apartment building, is that uh, that we have a back alley entrance, like a lot of these apartment buildings do, and I think it's really nice because it's completely gated. Like you can climb it, but it's not really an easy climb. Like if zombies are like super athletic, like World War Z, then we're screwed. But if they're, you well, know, they weren't even athletic. They were just like ants. They would just pile. Oh yeah, on yeah, top they, of each yeah. Other. They they built on themselves like uh, and the, what was the Jerusalem? The yeah, Jerusalem walls. Yeah. They just built. They just climbed right over that. That was <laughs> spoiler that. alert. If you haven't seen World War Z, but it's oh, old yeah. enough come now. On. It's a 2013 no movie. Yeah, if you haven't seen it at this point, I mean, come on. That's they've like been, they've been talking about before the uh, pandemic that they were going to do a World War Z part two, and we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, Hopefully they said they still uh, do it. Train to Busan two, right? Train to Busan two is out. Oh, it is. That's another. I haven't even one. seen Peninsula. it. Peninsula. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, definitely got to see that's it. That's a good movie. That uh, that goes a little bit a uh, little bit more different than Train to Busan. Train to Busan, I think, was uh, one of the most perfect zombie movies. It encapsulated a lot of the human error that we make when we're panicked, when we're tired, when we're hungry, when we've become so complacent to all the comforts in life, we don't think. For instance, one particular scene, they go walking by. Uh, dropped shields, bloody helmets, batons on the floor. Oh, so yeah. the police were clearly there. There but clearly not something there happened. Now. Yeah, so, and they kept going. And everybody did stop and look at it in bewilderment. But I, I don't think they were quite capable of shaking the shock out of their head. Yeah, and no, saying, nobody oh put God, two and two. Wrong. Yeah, nobody put two and two together and realized that. Ooh, maybe get back on the train. Yeah, I think we wanted it to be okay. You know, mm-hmm. putting myself on that yeah. train. Same same kind of a of a of a topic is if you go down uh, any any quiet street and as you're you're traveling down you always think of you know being in the greater Los Angeles area we get the pleasure of seeing too many uh, drunkards oh yeah and it is a little uh, off putting when you see it and you see somebody maybe stumble and fall oh yeah because you have that split second of zombie or too much vodka like i'm not really sure here well the 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 paper bag with the bottle in his hand that's kind of a giveaway so i'm gonna just let him go ahead and sleep it off true true but i used to work in santa monica and if uh i know you've been to santa monica but if anybody else has been to santa monica you know that there's certain spots that are pretty nice like the the pier is really beautiful the beach is kind of nice somewhat 
but Third Street, which is where I used to work, um, not really that great. Runs there's a couple alleys nearby, and just all around not really that great. I've never wanted to see somebody poop in the street, and I saw that. And there's a lot of crazy stuff that I that I saw working there, and a lot of people acting very scary, um, yelling at the sky, or just kind of running in like a kind of frenzy in no particular direction. Yeah, kind of makes you almost for a second think like, if this guy lunges at somebody, what am I gonna do? Exactly. Like, do I help them? Do I? I because I I would want to think that I'm the person who would try to help, but. I mean, I'm not really like that physically capable of helping. Like if this guy is like 180 pounds lunging at somebody, pure frenzy, clearly a lot of adrenaline. I'm no, I'm no help. Right. So I would be more of a hindrance. Yeah. And and in a situation like that, just to take it one step further, think also, um, I'm kind of a, an enthusiast for say, not scary farm or how I love not scary farm. And I always go through the the concept in my mind. What if somebody were to get in here and be a real psychopath? Yeah, actually killing people. And you're like, oh, great effects. How often will you, I mean, when will you stop and finally look over there and say, no, this isn't fake? Yeah. You know, and I think that to that extent, that's kind of the point that I'm making is you're expecting it in a setting like Not Scary Farm or Halloween Horror Nights. And I think that if that's where it would be least expecting or like that's where you would least it would expect be. it. But I do think that we got to take that, take our minds outside of there and think you're going to be just as surprised if you saw it in front of your face. Yeah. It, it won't really be any different. It will be a lot less of a rationalization going on in your mind saying, oh, well, that's just a skit that they do. In yeah. yeah this these, these are just park. actors. These are just people. Um, but it will be just the same. A shocked, stunned and, you know, standing and staring type situation where I think we all like to say we would not be that person. But I think it would be hard to shake yourself out of that and make yourself aware that if somebody is running and jumping on another human being and biting their face off, well, that's probably not normal. Wait, I'm sure you've heard about it. It was a long time ago. I want to say it was Florida. Because all bath the cra- salts. yeah, bath yes. salts. The guy straight up like zombied the dude. And I'm telling you, I thought the same exact thing. And this was uh, the Walking Dead was a huge, huge uh, hit at the time. And we'll get into that too. And that's Florida. Like that's where you get shot. Like people have guns there. <laughs> you see that shit? You shoot that guy. That guy's a zombie. Well, that was a uh, that was a very unreal situation that I did really think for a moment. What if? Yeah, that was crazy. Because, you know, it, it's never going to be. Um, we we always say it won't happen. It can't happen. It's not possible. If you go back in time to Max Brooks's book, Zombie Survival Guide, he puts the blame on a virus that's named Solanum. I believe it's pronounced Solanum. Um, it's a virus, though. He calls it a virus. Mm-hmm. In uh, Romero, I believe George Romero's uh Night of the Living Dead, if I'm not mistaken, that one was a downed or a crashed Venus probe that brought back some kind of uh, some kind of oh, virus on it or bacteria or something. Virus. So, you know, we all uh, I don't think any of these movies really like to get into what caused it. They like to go right past it. There was one. Um, oh, well, OK, so this isn't necessarily so much zombies, but this does fit the horror theme. I am legend. It was a failed vaccine for cancer. Oh, right, right. Oh, and That's I also right. do want to kind of, um, there's been this widespread 
like false meme that uh I am legend took place in 2021 and it it really didn't it took place 2012 we'll forgive the person as being dyslexic close but no cigar it was 2012 it was 2012 and I remember that because uh I am legend predicted I believe that movie was like what 2008 2009 I think so I think it was 2009 it predicted um Batman versus Superman Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah. It had that as like uh, coming soon to theaters. It was uh, on a billboard. Yeah, and uh, and then Batman versus Superman came out a couple years later. Not really what I would call a great hit, but a lot of people liked it. It was okay. Doesn't oh, Batman versus Superman. Now this is going to shock you. I Am Legend was actually from two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. You know that does not shock me that much. I didn't know. I knew it was an older movie. And one thing that I also didn't know about this is it was based off of a novel of 1954. Um, I've I've learned that a lot of a lot of horror movies are based off of novels, um, even when you don't know it. Like I Am Legend, for example, or um, what was the other one? Uh, the Strain. If you if anyone's ever seen The Strain on Hulu, now that was a series, right? Yeah, it was a series. Um, I watched it like a year or two, probably like two years ago. Um, it was a great series, really loved it. Um, and then I was like three seasons in and I was looking at the credits and I saw based on the novel by, and I was like, Whoa, like this is a book. (laughs) And yeah, they have like, I I think it's like three books. A lot of these horror movies are based off of books. And I I didn't know that a lot of horror shows and stuff like that. I also want to note that, um, I have not, uh, seen as much Stephen King as I wish I have. Oh, we could go into that. Yeah. That'll I, be a very pleasant. We can go into Will You Survive uh, Cujo? I, yeah. See, I've seen um, I've seen parts of Cujo. I've seen The Shining. Um, oh, The Shining. Will I've you survive it. The Shining? Uh, if it's Jack Nicholson, no, I won't. <laughs> I won't. That guy creeped me out. He Jack he, Nicholson always kind of gave me... I don't know if it was just because of The Shining or if it's just him as a person... But he's kind of always good. I, I obviously don't know him personally, so I don't really know. Uh, but he's kind of always like creeped me out. Just like you know, he just looks creepy. A movie where he was supposed to give you a bad feeling, but turned out to be quite a uh, a lovable character was his character in. Um, let me remember the name of this one. It was As Good as It Gets. That also starred Greg Kinnear. Um, it was a 180 degree flip from The Shining, which was rather pleasant, but. Uh, Still, it was unbelievable that that the same guy who could play uh, Mr. Torrance could also play uh, this this OCD uh, character who's really disliked by everybody, but in fact is quite a lovable character. Uh, Hmm. Interesting one to watch, not in our horror genre. So we'll get back to uh, some of our other favorites in just a second. We're back. It's been... uh... Well, for us, 20 minutes. Uh, for you, a matter of seconds. Uh, we just had to take care of a few things, uh, got a delivery and such. But I think what we le- we left off talking about... Um... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we left off talking about the preparedness and necessary steps that we need to take in any kind of a, an emergency, but to make it more exciting and more uh, more likely that that people will actually take these steps. We're using zombie preparedness. One of the things to point out that if you're prepared for any type of a situation, you're prepared for zombies. For example, we have a fire extinguisher in the apartment and we also have a ladder, a fire ladder. 
Mm-hmm. So in the event of a fire that blocks our fire escapes, we can still get out of the building. And if the fire escapes, if the uh, stairways are blocked or go engulfed in flame, um, mm-hmm. we're going to get out one way or the other. That would also work in this scenario. Let me tell you how. I don't think we're going to be able to go up and down the elevator during the zombie apocalypse. As oh, you, no, always, no. you already pointed out, our lobby windows are glass. Yeah, yeah. So, it would be too easy. We uh, Even if they didn't initially break through... The I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I think just pressing against it, they're going to break through. I, I wouldn't want to be in the lobby because that's just going to draw them to you, theoretically. Right. Unless it's like Train to Busan, where we could just put up newspaper, block it out, and if they can't see us, out of sight, out of mind. Right, right. We'll get into different types of specifics. Uh, but one other point that you already mentioned was the back alley. It's a, a solid brick wall. All yeah, the way with across, metal railing. With metal railing and a metal gate. And we could theoretically put barbed wire if we... We, we could, we could. Um, but one of the things is stop them, but. if they're not climbing over and, and because it's a flat surface, it would be much more difficult. But if they're not climbing over, if we let's stick with one uh, particular scenario at this point in time is the type that were in Dawn of the Dead. They weren't interested in climbing. They would bang against the, the doors and windows and they'd cram and press and do all of that. But they, they didn't climb. They didn't have any interest in trying to, to climb one on top of the other and build a human ladder like ants as in. Yeah. Uh, World yeah. Like World War Z. And if we were in that type of situation, they would block off our exit out of the back alley. They would block off our exit out of the front of the building. So the only thing we could do then would be to drop a ladder down. We'd have to create distractions, which those are kinds of things that I, I love thinking about. Um, I mean, what what I like to think is that a lot of this building, like not necessarily us as much, but a lot of this building knows each other already mm-hmm. um, and is like knows each other well. Mm-hmm. Like I, we know most of the people in this building, I, I think uh, maybe mm-hmm. most is an exaggeration, but we know quite a few people in this building, at least on our floor. Right. Um, and there's only three floors with with um, actual uh, apartments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the as we said before, the ground floor is just parking garage and lobbies. But I, I like to think that if the zombie apocalypse were to happen, this community would kind of stick tight together, right? And we would kind of create this own community because our building is actually two buildings connected together, right? So it's a pretty big complex. Um, it's got a decent amount of people. I like. I kind of think about that. How cool? Not necessarily because it wouldn't really be that cool if, if there were zombies about, but um. If that situation were to happen, it's cool to think that we do kind of have a community here that might be able to work together. I think we have a little bit of a higher chance of survival. That is a um, that is one way to look at it. I also think that that may be a little on the idealistic side, only because if these other people are not as prepared as we are, they're going to expect from us. They're going to want us to give to them, and we may not be able to. That's true, but I was also thinking more along the lines of uh, leading them. Like becoming that like, okay, you guys were clearly prepared. What do we do? We need to start sending out scavenging parties. We need to start training to be safe, uh, how to move around. If there's zombies like The Walking Dead, um, where if I recall correctly, Walking Dead, they're not that fast, right? No. No. Yeah, they're, they're walking. Uh, walkers yep. so you can get around them it's just in hordes there are a lot there right. you can't take them on right but if it's just like zombies scattered about the street as long as you're not making a lot of noise you can just run down the street which brings me to the next point in preparedness uh, i don't think a necessary item 
in the zombie apocalypse is a gun. No, too much noise. Too I'm loud. a fan of knives. You I like can, bows. I, I love I love the idea of a bow. I still need to learn how to shoot a bow. I love the idea. I, I can throw a knife. I, I'm I'm very accurate with a knife throwing, but I would prefer something larger, a machete. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could get my hands on a katana, that would be an ideal That'd be really situation. Cool. Um, but any kind of knife uh, that is in the situation that we're talking about of slower walker types. Um, in the Dawn of the Dead uh, 2004 remake, they're super fast. Mm-hmm. I still wouldn't want a gun. The chances of shooting one of these in the head is slim to none. Oh, yeah. People underestimate that. It's not like shooting a gun. It's not like Call of Duty. You right. don't just aim and shoot. There, there's a little more to it. Like right. there's a little more control and it does have a kick. Yep. Yep. Which we learned. We yeah. Went, we went to a place in uh, Vegas without dropping names. We went to a place that's in Las Vegas. Uh, they pick you up and have all kinds of good stuff. You could shoot any kind of gun there. And we learned really quickly that a fully automatic gun, not very easy to shoot. No, you know, I was I was pretty surprised because, I, I mean, I lived in Texas for most of my life and I never shot a gun, yeah. which is, <laughs> honestly, I feel like it is kind of like a, kind of a, ta- like, not like a taboo. What's the right word for that? It's kind of a frowned upon, I guess. You're a misfit. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like the only person in Texas who hadn't shot a gun. I think it's fair to say taboo in Texas. Yeah, it's something like, oh, you haven't shot a gun before? Don't tell anybody else. You must be from California. Yeah, (laughs) you must not be from around these parts. (laughs) But yeah, so when I finally shot, I I was pretty accurate with the pistol and with the sniper and the shotgun, obviously. like you, There's no accuracy with the shotgun. You just aim in the general direction. But I got the MP5 and holy crap, I started shooting expecting... A lot of vertical recoil, not realizing there was a lot of horizontal yeah, recoil. Yeah. Like I was all over the left and right and yeah. just all over the place. My target looked so nice and I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I'm going to hang this up. I'm a dead shot. I was getting right in the center every time. And then all of a sudden I start using the MP5 and there's shots everywhere. I'm like, well, now it looks like I'm awful. And that gets you back into the the idea of these types of movies where where they do uh, that spray and pray type and they take mm-hmm. out virtually every single zombie in front of them. So unrealistic. And you start to realize, okay, what we're going to break down in this podcast is we're going to take away the plot armor and mm-hmm. that, that plot armor for our characters and how we would do this to survive this type of situation, the type of skills that you're going to need to know. And these are things that while we are for uh, just a reference point, while we are complacent, We haven't been in any kind of a major war. Um, That's shown very clearly uh, with the Texas situation just a few weeks ago where they froze. Oh, yeah. Texas never gets cold. And then most people didn't have power or... uh, or, uh, Millions. Or uh, what what is it? Uh, Gas. Gas. Millions of people were without um, natural gas and they were without electricity. And one of the things that they could have done to prevent this is, or at least prevent it so bad is this preparedness kit. If you have these things, it actually lists having extra blankets. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause Texas, like, I, I mean, I, I, and I know you could probably just assume, 
Uh, but if you've never been to Texas, you might not know how hot it can get. Oh, right. It, I mean, I used to, I was a marching band. We used to march and it was like 104 degrees outside oh, yeah. and we'd be out there for hours. I mean, we're used to that now in Southern California. Yeah. California. Uh, I mean, we're a desert. That's, so. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, the things that we would have to consider, uh, in the situation that we're talking about, you're without power. You're without gas. Yeah. So you have no natural gas, no heating, no lighting. All right. Um, one thing that will heat up your house that it's not as practical, but candles, mm-hmm. they will add a small amount of heat. Um, the other thing, and, and they also are a little bit safer than if you decide to try to light a fire inside of yeah, your a bonfire place. in an apartment, you don't, you don't do a, a bonfire upon. in your apartment. That's, that's slightly frowned upon. I would not recommend that as a survival technique. No. <laughs> Um, but you know, you'll candles, get a very, very large bonfire afterwards. And yeah, and you'd, you'd probably take out the problem if it was zombies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you also wouldn't have to worry about them anymore. Cause I think you'd take yourself out. Yeah. The other thing is, uh, lesson if, here. Don't start a fire in your apartment. Yeah. Don't, don't start a fire in your apartment. The second is to stay warm. Just a little technique here. Uh, little camping tents, or if you have children, little children's tents, that have um, uh, like a bed frame. They're able to sit on top of the kids' beds. I used to have one of those as a kid. Mm-hmm. It was a tent specifically made to go over your bed. Hmm. Um, if it's really cold, those things are awesome. You could take that. You could put your blankets on top of that that tent, and it will keep you warm. Uh, some people were showing this technique throughout Texas, and they were taking the temperature outside and showing that it was about 40 degrees outside uh, in the room. Not outside the house. In the room, it was about 40 degrees. In the tent, it was about 80 degrees. Jeez. That was the body heat of the kids collecting inside of there with the blankets covering that tent. So if you could make yourself something like that, um, fashion some sort of a tent over your bed, your kids would be able to sleep comfortably. You would be able to sleep comfortably. And, you know, exposure to heat, extreme heat and cold is one of the leading killers and in humanity, when we're without when we're without shelter, it's almost a lock stock that you're going to die. Yeah. You know, that's why I kind of think about I think one thing I can give California is that we have pretty temperate wet, uh, weather. Uh, so in the event we were in a situation like a zombie apocalypse that would uh, theoretically displace you from wherever you're living, um, it, it wouldn't really weather wouldn't be your primary concern. Mm -hmm. Like I can imagine up North, like New York. Well, first of all, New York has a lot of problems with zombie apocalypse, (laughs) Uh, but like, let's say Maine, right? It gets cold. It gets really cold. And if you don't have heat, you're, you're going to have to be making a fire every night. California, very few nights that it actually gets cold enough that you'll need a fire. Yeah. And that fire will draw attention. Yeah. Like they, they say that in The Walking Dead. I think in the first season when they're at that campgrounds, they uh, they talk about it and they say like, oh, wow, you're putting the fire way too high. Like yeah, you're trying yeah. to draw attention. Trying to stay warm. That guy, yeah. That, that, that wife beater. Um, it was hard not to be uh, a little bit cheery when he was taken out by a walker. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one was the the uh, next step in, in preparation. Um, always having something standing by. Now, I know I always hear a lot of people, especially in apartments, I can't store that much water. I understand. You you don't have storage space for that much water. Mm-hmm. You take a, a family of four and a gallon per day for each of them. 
to have the minimum of the CDC's recommendations of three days, that would mean a family of four would have to have 16 gallons of water stored away somewhere. That's hard to do. That Wait, for three days or four? For four, uh, three days, I'm sorry, 12, would be 12 gallons, 12 gallons yeah. for four days or three days is one of their recommendations. The other recommendation is 14 days. So now mm-hmm. you start calculating how much water that would be. Well, another thing people. you can do, um, if you do live in an apartment, I think you were, uh, I might be cutting you off. You might've been getting to this point, but, uh, filling up your tub. That's exactly what mm-hmm. I was going to say. The average bathtub is about 36 gallons and you can, you can fill that thing up and it would, uh, it would give you quite a, a large, uh, quantity of water that you can draw from for many different reasons. One of the things that you can do with a, a filled bathtub is boil the water for drinking water. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also, believe it or not, you don't need fresh water coming into the tank of your toilet. You can pour water into your toilet and it will flush. Yeah. So if you're stuck in your home for quite a while, you can actually use this technique to keep the, the water in your toilet flowing so that you can keep it a little more, keep it a little more sanitary in there. That's another thing I kind of think about is, um, we were talking about commodities and how a toilet paper would be a commodity in a zombie apocalypse. Um, so with just toilets in general, like that's another thing, you know how I was saying earlier that, um, once that happens, no more sleeping on a comfy bed every night, right. no more going to the bathroom at 3am. Yeah. I mean, like now you have to decide, do I really have to go? Because right. I have to walk off alone. Right. Right. Yeah. You're going to be, um, whether you like it or not, you're going to become far more regular. Yeah. You're going to have to be a lot more comfortable <laughs> with people watching. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not comfortable with that. No, and those those um those are comforts. Those are comforts that we have that we do take for granted. We don't tend to think all of these things all the way through. Uh I think in every movie it always shows the same thing. One comfort that nobody is willing to let go of, alcohol. Yeah. Another comfort, tobacco. Yeah, just like uh, apparently in the prison systems, mm-hmm. things like uh, ramen. It, it's it's weird to think about in different society. I guess you could call them societies. Currency is different, obviously. Yeah. Like right now, under yeah. a government, we have our our government currency. We have the U.S. dollar. In Fallout Four, the all the Fallout games actually, the currency is bottle caps. Right. Um, and they have pre-war money, but it's literally useless completely valueless you could sell it to people but they literally are like i'll just take it off your hands yeah (laughs) like they they don't they won't pay you anything for it it's it's not worth anything um which kind of makes me i I know in the prison systems i've heard a lot that uh ramen is a is their big currency there uh because they they don't get it i mean we saw that on brooklyn 99 and i've also heard it from people who like oh yeah my mom works in the prison system that's true uh so i've heard that so I kind of think about that every once in a while about what would be like the currency in a right. zombie apocalypse. And I, I think you're right. I think it would be tobacco and alcohol and, and drugs. Yeah. And uh, drugs. And we're not just talking about illicit, illegal drugs, penicillin. Yeah. I like mean, medical drugs. The value of prescription drugs would be incredible. They, mm-hmm. they would, Even just Advil. Right. And, and this goes to, to uh, without getting political here, this goes to show basic economics will survive regardless of government system because mm-hmm, it's just how the world works supply and demand will exist whether a government exists or not if you're in a situation where you have to survive what matters most to you and those are going to be the things that you're going to value more and 
that's where it really comes into play. One man's garbage is another man's treasure. You know, mm-hmm. one, one man's trash is another man's treasure. It it goes to show because we may think, uh, for instance, albuterol. Uh, none of us in this house have asthma, and we may come across albuterol, and to us, it's 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 waste. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be weight that we have to carry for no reason. But I know countless people who, who need it and need who it. would trade it. And you can, so you can go about that value. So just some, some quick tips on the survival in this type of situation. If you're roaming around and scavenging, you're trying to keep up your daily caloric intake. You should not be doing this when your food supply has run out. You should do this before your food oh, supply yeah. runs out. And you should, I, I would add to that, keep a map of what you yeah. scavenged, what you haven't. Um, especially if you're like in a city area and scavenge everything. Yeah. Yeah. Anything Houses, that, anything any, you can. any shelf, any cupboard, anything, any canned food, right? All that's going to be good. So if you're, uh, let's say you're stationary, you have a fixed place and you're in a pretty stable condition, any food of any type that's good is okay to collect. But now contrast that with, if you are on the move, if you're on the move and you come across canned goods, uh, my advice to you is don't put it in your backpack and carry it. That weight will get to you. Mm-hmm. Eat it right away. And on the contrary, if you find dried foods like ramen, that's another one that I think in, in the apocalypse, that's going to be currency. Yeah. Dried food. Um, if you could find ramen, you feel the weight of that stuff. It's so light. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the stuff that I would put in my backpack and carry. I could take that to my next destination. I can't take cans of soup. They're, yeah. They're too heavy. I would say have a couple just in case, like as a, like a last resort, like you can't find any food, you need food, then you have it. But definitely don't like grab every can that you see because at some point you're one going to run out of space and two, it's just going to be too heavy. Well, yeah, you have to think about getting back. Mm-hmm. If you have to climb anything, what about getting away from these things? If Oh, if that's another moving. thing. I'm not fast, man. I, if zombies ever come to real life, they better not run. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, if you, if you take a look back at uh, Max Brooks was asked about Dawn of the Dead, the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. Um, what's scarier? The slower moving zombies like in The Walking Dead or the faster zombies in Dawn of the Dead. And it was a bet between two friends. And he said, tell your friend that is the most ridiculous bet I've ever heard of because everyone knows there's no such thing as fast zombies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I um, remember I remember hearing one guy. It might be the same guy. He like completely scientifically tore apart the argument of sprinting zombies. (laughs) It's, you know, it it would um, it would kind of defy all of the the basic logic that that is talked about with a zombie. Well, let's talk about that because they say more often than not when a a zombie movie, what the virus does is it kills the host initially Mm -hmm. and then it reanimates their corpse with only an amount of brain function to know I need food. So the most primal animal instincts, I must eat. And so they are going to eat 
at they they're going to try to get their food at any cost. It, that's why a zombie they don't feel pain. They don't they don't have any of that because their brain's not telling them, "Oh, you're feeling pain." Their brain is just saying, "Go get food." Well, see, I think it's different uh, than just go get food. It's a basic instinct that remains alive in even the the dead human brain of feeding. One thing that I like to to point out in my theory of a zombie is what is a zombie but all of the things that make us human removed. If we were functioning strictly off of instinct, no compassion, no forgiveness, no remorse, no morality, no ethics, no understanding, um, no basic uh, critical thinking skills, um, no understanding of, of right or wrong. There's no nothing there that makes us human anymore, mm-hmm. but we're still human. We're still the form that we are. Yeah, yeah. That would be a zombie. I think eating is one thing that would remain. And I don't think that they will die, if you will, if they don't eat. Because they're already dead. Right. (laughs) Which is, now that we're going to get into, in one of our later episodes, we will talk about the movie 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later. Um, That one, they actually say a little bit different. They do suggest that these things starve to death. There's another movie that kind of goes along that that premise. I'm not going to be able to remember the name right now, but there is another movie that kind of goes along that premise. That, oh, oh, Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies. You, um, they they're zombies at first, and then they if they don't eat for long enough, they become bonies. And have you ever seen the movie? No. Okay. So if they don't eat, they eventually start peeling off their own skin until they're eventually these like sickly gray bone creatures. And they're called bonies. They're imagine a volatile from Dying Light, except way skinnier. Yeah. Um. They're like that. Super agile, super fast, super deadly. And, and in the movie, they do find a cure. The cure is love. Um. <laughs> they they find a cure for the zombies. Their hearts start beating again. Uh. But the volatile, or not the volatiles, the uh, bonies. The the main character who's the zombie in the movie. Um. He goes. <laughs> he was like, it was a little brutal, but the bonies were too far gone so we kind of just killed them all yeah and it was just kind of funny but it that that was along the premise that they either died out at the very end he says they either died out or they they killed them right because they they just couldn't find food anymore right and then you have the other uh greats like resident evil love which man so many good zombie movies just completely different that one was more of um that's more of an experiment yeah it's it's a man-made virus i wouldn't call it an experiment gone wrong either Cause, no, 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 because they meant to do it. They were experimenting with the T-virus, yeah. and then uh, they just didn't expect it to get loose. Right. That was what happened. And then once it did, they just used it to their benefit all the way across the board. Oh, yeah, throughout all those movies. That they, was the Umbrella Corporation. If you haven't seen the movie, there's a uh, an evil corporation that is uh, just hell-bent on using what they called the T-virus. They manufactured a virus that would cause a corpse to reanimate and that not only would they reanimate corpses with this, but they would also take the T virus and inject it into living human cells and they would get absolutely horrific monsters. Like if you watch the second uh, installment of the the franchise, it was nemesis. Nemesis. Yeah. Um, That monster was just enormous and we actually knew who that character was. So we got to see what he looked like before he became one of these things and then what he became afterwards. And it was far different 
than becoming a typical walker like uh, some of them did. I really like the way Resident Evil really played on the idea of mutations. Yeah. Uh, the T-virus was heavily mutated, like it, or it, it had heavy possibility for mutation. I don't know how to word that correctly, but it mutated a lot, basically. Yeah. There's tons of different types of zombies in the Resident Evil universe, like the liquors. The liquor. Um, those are nasty creatures. Yeah. Um, you, you've got those in Resident Evil five, they had the, um, uh, the Jahari, I forget. I don't remember what they're called, but they were basically, they were more humanized zombies. They carried weapons. They talked, they communicated, but they were zombies. They had the virus in them. Then we have, um, some of the other movies where we, we get away from some of the, the, uh, we'll call it human experiment down into, I like, I, we already talked a little bit about train to Busan. Uh, mm-hmm. That was one. Uh, I do think that's an all-around great picture from start to finish. Wait, do they ever explain how the virus started in that movie? In the beginning, uh, they kind of go over it. Just oh, I remember. A bit. I, I do remember. They very, very, very briefly. It's, it's basically the company that the who turns out to be the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, his company is financing. They pull all the funding. And so they lead you to believe that he caused this by pulling all funding and, and they basically lost all of their uh, capabilities of security and uh, yeah. the containment. And then the next thing you see is a dead deer on the road. Yeah. Deer that gets hit by a car or by a truck and then it comes back. And that is, yeah. And that it is just, just stands up and runs away. That is it. That's the beginning of the end. The, some of the others that we've mentioned, uh, World War Z, the Dawn of the Dead is going to be uh, the one we, we kick this off with. Uh, then, absolute great, one of the all-time greatest zombie movies because of what I what I subjectively take as an example of the human condition. Complacency, this real lack of drive, this unmotivated completely i can't even even find the better word for it than complacency in shawn of the dead i i thought that's what you were talking about (laughs) it was a funny movie it was it had funny positions because you actually felt things in that movie that you didn't think going into it you would ever care you know and then there's a lot of heart when uh, Sean loses his stepfather, mm-hmm. when he constantly keeps, you know, his mom constantly calls him his dad. And that's not my dad. You know, and then at the end, he he says it, my dad. And uh, that was when his dad had finally had uh, gotten bit and turned. And it was quite a funny scene. If you haven't watched it, it's worth watching. Uh, the particular scene that I'm talking about, they break the emotion. They break that, that real caring, loving moment that he's having with what was his dad. And he's telling his mom, no, that's not your husband. That's not him. There's nothing uh, in that car resembling your husband. And then right at that moment, the radio was uh, kicked loud before they got out of the car and the zombie reaches forward and turns the radio off and Uh. sighs in relief. And it's like, We'll go then, shall we? <laughs> it's a great movie. It's worth watching. Um, I love that one. And we're going to go through a lot of uh, a lot of the greats. And not only zombie movies, though. We're going to take a look at all horror. Um, we- yeah, I'm super excited. I I'm a big fan of the Conjuring series, even like though that. even I though like the that. later ones kind of 
admittedly got pretty They're crappy. Awfully great. Yeah, like they the nun. Awfully great. That was such a horribly great movie. Yeah, I, I would not I, I recommend like anybody pay that. any money to watch that movie. But if you're if you can stream it free, um, and this is like one of those things that's going to waste your time. It's okay? cheap thrills. It is cheap thrills. That is a great way to put it. Um, it is going to waste your time. You know what? This was a, a great movie for. I'll tell you this movie, The Nun, is a fantastic movie. If you're having a Halloween party and everybody wants to be a little bit scared, but you don't want to have to pay attention to something, it's just on as background noise, and you can let it rile everybody up and get some good scares. That's a good one. I agree. I like that. I like that for that. So I liked. I, I do like a lot of the Conjuring series. Um, I will say I loved the novelty of uh, Paranormal Activity. You know, I've it never actually, yeah, I've never actually watched those through because I heard the first one was good. The second one got a little bit worse. And mm-hmm. then after that, it just became kind of silly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. It never really grabbed my attention that well, much. Well, I think they were trying to grab onto the coattails of the Conjuring series. And mm-hmm. I don't think they really were. I, I don't, don't like the I, approach. I, like, I, I like the, the idea is good. The whole, like recording yeah. it's it's your bedroom camera security yeah. camera type of footage but it just got really i felt like everybody was trying to was trying to do that kind of style at the time yeah um because you had like the blair witch project they came after the blair witch they that was the one success a lot of people didn't like it because of the camera work a lot of people did like it you know i i watched it on my way to a band competition <laughs> and i was like oh i'm so excited i'm just gonna, i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna watch a horror movie uh on this long drive and i'm watching it and then by the end of it i was like well, you never even saw never like once. not even a glimpse of what nope. at least in signs they showed you yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end like, oh that was another great one that, i love signs signs was only as good as it was because of the suspense yes they nailed it yes. that movie was amazing and is an amazing movie and yes. only because of the suspense if they would showed you what was happening in the very beginning that movie would be a piece of crap movie yeah another one that i thought they did very well um i think they got the right amount of scares that they were after calling it a a real movie with a documentary and uh, maybe even fooling some people was uh close encounters of the fourth kind that was starring mia jovovich um, I have never seen that, but I think you've talked about it. Before. Yeah, it, it they make it look like it's a real, uh, a true story. They actually conduct interviews with an actress that is playing the part of uh, the, the real original person. character. Yeah, and so it's it's really uh, really clever, very well done. Um, I think uh, uh, it got the right amount of scares. It was it was. I would say it was different enough, but I don't think it ever gained traction because they tried to fool their audience. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think much of the audience appreciated the attempt to fool them. It's either call this real or call it fake, but don't try to trick me. Which I get, but I don't know. It, it's a that certain extent where where you can't tell if it's real or not. Part of you knows like oh this this is this is clearly fiction but then another part of your superstitious side comes out and you're like but what if it's not yeah what if this yeah. really is a documentary yeah and now more for your benefit than most of the the listening audience is the exorcist i don't mm. know if you've ever seen that i have one. seen it you I have. have seen it the old one yeah oh man that one and some of the favorites that we'll have to uh, go over are the um creepy things that happened on the set 
what I like about The Exorcist is when the demon is possessing the kid, it, it seems pretty accurate. Just vile, angry, no remorse, no talking to it. There's no, that's a demon. There's no and it's reasoning a liar. with it. Yeah. It's a liar. There's no reason to try to, to reason with it or get it to tell you yeah, the truth. You, you can't trust a word mm-hmm. that comes out of it. It's only mm-hmm. there to hurt you. Yeah. The, uh, uh, then we can, we can also get into, um, what were some of the other ones that we liked, uh, in, in the, the horror genre, not so much the zombie genre. Um, uh, sinister sinister was really good. Um, I, that movie was actually the first one in a while that gave me a genuine spook. Oh really? Cause like a lot of, a lot of horror movies, I, I don't get scared that much, honestly. I act it up even when I'm watching it, like even just by myself. I act it up because I want to. I want to be scared by a horror movie. But like I've not once in a really long, really, really long time have I ever laid down in bed and gone, damn, I'm a little spooked right now. Like I haven't done that in a really long time. Nothing really scares me that much anymore except just real life stuff like bills. But... (laughs) but, Uh, like a horror movie doesn't scare me that much anymore, but Sinister really got me. Like it actually spooked me a little bit and gave me more than just a cheap jump scare, which right. is like what the nun does. It was right. just a lot of cheap jump scares. Yeah. Um, wait, but there's there's one that I'm missing. Insidious. It's uh. Well, I liked Insidious. No, we're we gotta we're gonna have to do another another shout out to Corinne. That awful awful movie that is like the greatest movie of all time to her. Um. We went and saw it in the theaters and it was, I think I, I called it just a terrible, terrible movie. Truth or dare. Oh yeah. Truth or dare. She loves it. Okay. You know, I don't know why we love this it. This is though. our producer, by the way. She, she absolutely loves this movie. Truth or dare is the greatest thing to her and she, she will swear by it. Greatest movie of all time. It's the girl from um, Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. <laughs> and it is uh, prob- probably on the rate one of the least scary movies. Really had some comical moments that I think they wanted to be scary. It was def- Yeah, it was definitely more comical than scary for sure. But again, another one of these uh, Halloween movies to scare people. It was a good one. You want to know one that actually uh, spooked me a little bit? Not really enough that like actually spooked me, but The Bye Bye Man. Have you ever seen that? I haven't. It's on Netflix. It's a pretty good one. Um, it follow basically. It's about this. Uh, it's about this entity, the Bye Bye Man. And if you speak his name or don't say it, don't think it. Oh. It was the whole thing. Don't say it. Don't think it. Don't say it. Don't think it. Because if you think his name, it possesses you. Um, and it starts off, uh, with a scene in the fifties, which by the way, if you haven't gathered at this point, spoiler alert to any movie we talk about (laughs) or any show we talk about, spoiler alert. All right. If you haven't already gotten that, um, but it starts off in the scene where you're in the 50, uh, they're in the fifties and this guy kills his whole family and then just walks across the street, breaks down the door and starts killing this other family. And it's because of the bye-bye man. Um, so the, this, these roommates go through this whole thing, this couple, and it, it's a, it's a really good movie. I saw it in theaters. I thought it was really cool. Okay. Another one that I think is worth mentioning is, um, we're just naming off a bunch of horror movies right now, but another good one is, have you ever seen the forest? No, that's a pretty good one. Uh, that's about, there's actually a forest in, 
Oh, I'm really bad about it. It's one of the Asian countries. I Japan. think it's, I think it's Japan. It's High the, suicide. Yeah, the suicide yes, forest. Yes. Um, I know <laughs> the big controversy of uh, what's his face on YouTube going there and filming a hanging body. Oh, geez. like an idiot. Um, that was a while ago. I mean. I forget his name. I, big name. I shouldn't be forgetting his name, but I've forgotten okay. it. I don't really care that much. No, no um, shout outs for bad, bad acts. Yeah, no, that, that was definitely not good. A lot of controversy there. But um, that for it takes place in that forest. The movie. Um, her twin sister goes there by herself, and then she was. It, she's like, "Oh no, I got to go after my sister." So she goes after her sister. Of course, a bunch of creepy shit starts happening. Um, I saw that in theaters too. It was a pretty good movie. It had a pretty interesting end. So that's an interesting one. Now, uh, if I guess what we're doing here is we're giving each other the homework that we're going to have to do yeah. <laughs> over, over the weeks here because, and you guys too, one of the things that I'm going to throw your way now, and I think is far less likely for you to have seen an old horror. Uh, this is just, I think, I think it was just terror. Horror was the genre is Pumpkinhead. No, I've never seen it. That's a that's an old one. That is the resurrection of a demon of vengeance. So it was, uh, and it's it's probably one of the most controversial movies of its time because the vengeance was taken out by a father who witnessed his son being killed by a group of of reckless and careless, uh, we'll call them twenty somethings, who were riding around motorcycles in his in his yard. Um, or in his lot, we'll call it, is a giant lot. And uh, his son ran after his dog, too, who was chasing these motorcycles. And one of them went right off the ramp, came down, landed right on the child. Oh. And it was so controversial because it, it you don't ever see children be Yeah. Um, I don't know how true this is because I feel like I've definitely seen it. But I heard somewhere that it's either illegal or super frowned upon to kill a child in a movie or to show it to show it in a to movie show or it game. in a movie or a game um i believe it would be an automatic x rating ah if they were to do that see dying light kind of got around that because dying light does have the children uh zombies but you don't see them until the very end oh that one's terrible yeah I like that. that's rough you know um and i'm i'm gonna have to uh I'm going to have to find this movie. It is a, uh, a YouTube free movie. It is a, a zombie movie specific to be sure. And it was, uh, I, I left it because I couldn't, I couldn't stand the fact that this one actually showed a zombie tear open a pregnant woman. You, you didn't oh. see the act, but you saw the pregnant woman and or dead she's dead on the ground and her belly's ripped open and this zombie is eating the baby and oh. i left it and i was like nope i'm done and you know that says something because i actually like the genre i like and it is something that yes it, it has to happen in in the let's go into the universe of a real zombie apocalypse. Yeah, zombies not gonna be like, ooh, she's pregnant. Uh, ooh, no. it's a it's a newborn. I can't do that. No, no, no. But I think for us as humanity, that's our job to to protect that class with everything we have. Yeah, to protect women and children. They're... That is that is our future. Yeah. Without our future, we're done. What are we what are we even trying to survive to tomorrow for if we're not going to protect our youngest? Yeah, there's no point. And the women, of course, because they're the only ones who can bring us these children. So the entire corpus and body of this work, guys, is we're going to be studying some of these movies. 
looking them over, seeing what would have to happen, what what of our preparedness would set us right. How would we be on the right path? Yeah. Also, feel free to to watch them before we do, or when we'll be watching them too, and uh, so that you can kind of follow along when we're talking about it. You'll know what we're talking about um, about certain scenes or like different situations that are happening. Another thing I want to add is that uh, Alex and I both have a little bit of experience, uh, him more than me, but uh, some experience in production like directing styles and just looking at like camera angles and stuff like that. That's what we kind of nerd out about. So um, we might talk about that, like different directing styles, because a lot of these zombie movies are... Plot holes. Yeah. uh, A lot of these zombie movies are directed by uh, familiar directors, directors that we all know by name. But yeah, plot holes, uh, things that just kind of don't make sense, how we would do things differently or why we think what they're doing wouldn't work, just things like that. Just kind of analyzing the movie and trying to rip it apart the best we can so that we can figure out which zombie movies or which horror movies are the best of the best. And it was that that's kind of a, another way of saying we're going to strip away the actor's plot armor. Yeah. What what can we do to make this a level playing field for the average Joe? And again, the, in most of these situations, um let me Start with the first movie we're going to review here next week will be Dawn of the Dead. What was the preparedness? Who was ready? How do they how do they survive as long as they do without that plot armor? Do they still survive? And you and I would be able to ask, will you survive? Future Eric here. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And now here's a little sneak peek from E-Minor Productions on a future project. And as I said-